Welcome to Skunk Works, where each episode we speak with CEOs of established SaaS companies about strategies for keeping innovation fresh. Hello, everyone. Eric here. I'm the host of the Skunk Works podcast, a show where we collect stories from experienced entrepreneurs and business leaders with the intention of inspiring and helping others on their journey. But before I begin, this episode is brought to you by Half Serious. It's a design and technology company that I founded, and we help uh, service-based companies become tech-enabled businesses. My guest today is Greg, CEO at Sofion, and someone I don't think I've ever interviewed someone like you before, and I'll let you know why. So I've watched a bunch of your content, and a lot of it has to do with trials and tribulations and, you know things that you've gone through and, and how you came out of it and everything. And the number one thing that I took down is I think that for a freaking a quarter of the time, you're laughing the whole time. And so really the conversation I want to have with you today is how the hell, like, first of all, is it a drug? Because if it's a drug then I, you know, <laughs> you just tell me and then we, and then we can, we can stop it. But no, I, I, where does yeah, yeah where <laughs> does all this this positive energy come from? Like what's what's behind all this thing? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm an optimist, uh, and I always believe that um, you know, it, it, and I'm, I, that doesn't mean that I'm naive or realize that yeah. I'm in denial that bad things happen because you know, as many bad things, if not more bad things, happen to people in their personal lives as well as their professional lives, and I've uh, I've walked in those shoes myself uh, more than I'd like to, and and not as many as I ever want to. So uh, you know, I, I just believe that fundamentally. Um, it's it you know your perception your perception of reality uh, or even your perception of what is going to happen sometimes is worse than the reality itself when it comes along. Right. It's not. It's never quite as bad as you think it really, really is. Now I'm not saying there aren't certain. Certainly there are certain situations we're witnessing some of those in the world today, right? And I don't want to diminish um, what it, what is happening in world news. However particularly when you're talking about a startup business, certainly there are a lot of bad things that can happen, whether you're launching a new product, bringing uh, new people onto a business, trying to create a new positioning in a marketplace, trying to establish a company, trying to raise money. These are all very difficult, challenging things to do. Landing customers. Yeah. You know, I had one, I had one boss who used to say to me, this business was a lot of fun when we didn't have any customers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I've personally said that before. You know what? This business would be amazing if it wasn't for these pesky customers. And, you know, and so, but, but the reality is you have customers. And the yeah. reality also is some of those customers are the greatest people in the world. I still keep in contact with old customers I had from different businesses. And they, they were just amazing to me. And, and they weren't always easy, mm. you know? Um, I actually had a guy come in to Sophion. This is a true story. 20 years ago, I met him. He was the vice president of software development for Charles Schwab. And Charles Schwab was just the, you know, I mean, to, to, to be in that. And he had come from Apple. So you can imagine yeah. in those days went from Apple and goes to Charles Schwab. And uh, he had bought my competitor's product. And I spent three years selling him uh, and trying to get him to replace what he already had 
uh, with my product. Uh, the first meeting, actually, I, I, I live in Pittsburgh. I flew out to San Francisco where they are headquartered, went up to his office. And our competitor used to give a bubblegum uh, dispenser as kind of a thank you to all their customers. So I okay. walked into his office. What's on his table? The bubblegum dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> to pour water into it? I'm starting this being all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, 20 years later, I connect with that guy. He's written a book. He has uh, uh, written several books. He uh, teaches at, at Stanford. He's a consultant. And I asked him to come in to help me, right? So, you know, the world's a small place. You don't know where relationships are going to head to. Something you think is bad may be good. Um, you, you've just got to look through and say, okay, these are the challenges today. I think thinking about it, being curious, being optimistic, realizing also that you're not the first or only person has been through what you're going through. I mean, that's part of the reason why you started this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, um, I, I read a book about the power of, of positive psychology a while ago. And I remember that the number one takeaway that I, that I got from it is that when you're, when you're an optimist, your, your brain is tuned to look for opportunities. And when you're not, your brain is, is wired to look for threats. Right. Right. And so as you're, you know, something terrible happens, there's this whole range of like shock and, and like freeze response versus, well, what are the opportunities that, that, that sort of exist? And I, I'm guessing that you must be exceptionally good at, at spotting those, uh, those opportunities. Well, I, 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 I hope I am. Uh, but the other thing I, I, well, I've always read in pattern match and grain entrepreneurs is, um, they can be optimistic. They can see the positive in things. But what they're really also very good at is seeing the risk and mitigating the risk and taking reasonable chances, right? Taking reasonable risks. Right. And I think that's a big part of it. So, you know, look for the future. See that people want hope. People want to see the vision. You want to be bought into that. So drive towards that. Be excited, right? Realize all the things that can go wrong. Mitigate those risks and keep driving forward. You know, one thing's going to happen. Keep keep going. It's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's what entrepreneurship is all about. I, it, you know, and if you're not having fun, if you don't like that, you really shouldn't be in it because right. it, it's it'll beat you down. There's a lot. It, there's a lot of rejection. So I think you stumbled a little bit on the topic of positive leadership here because you're like <laughs> when when you're when you're talking about this thing, you're like be excited about the mission. Well, being excited helps you for sure, but it helps you communicate it to the rest of your company as well, right? That must have been a really useful tool for you to be like, well, I just I need I need to come into the office once in a while and plug into that Greg energy, get get re-excited about what we're, what we're doing and then go back home. Like I'm imagining that that's something that happens. Well, I, I, it's been a little lonely the last couple of years. It's very hard to lead a yeah. company out of your basement. And yeah. so there's nothing like actually being around. And I'm very happy to see the world's opening up. But yeah, I mean, look, who doesn't really like to see a strong leader, someone who actually has a vision that you also believe in that you want to follow? Yeah. In anything in life, you say, I like that guy. I like that girl. I like where they're heading. I get what they're trying to do. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Right. One of the first things that inspired me as a young product manager at a software company was uh, opening up a promotional piece from Apple during their uh, launch of the Macintosh. And what was really cool in that piece was while they highlighted the product and everything, at the second half of it was all about the team that yeah. had done all the work. And everybody in those early Macintoshes had actually signed the inside of the Mac and they printed that as a part of it. And I'm like, 
I just remember being in my early 20s going, wow, would that be great to be on a team like that? That made such a difference that launches price. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah. Right? yeah. I, you, I mean, you know, and, you know, you got to remember that before that came the Lisa and the Mac or some of the other things and, and they were failures. And so this was like their third at bat and they were still going for it. Yeah. I remember um, I, I, a big part of my career was in video games and having wow. your having your name in the credits was kind of a big deal. And yeah. and now that I do custom software for a living, I'm sort of looking for a way to get back into that. And it'd be like, yeah. can, can we like add everyone's name to like the style sheets? <laughs> like you only you need to open the inspector or something and scroll down, and then you could you could see where everybody's everybody rolls their eyes every time I say that. I should just impose it. Like that's it. Your your name's going in there, so you better be uh, proud. I love that. I remember seeing Scott McNeely years ago in New York City at Javits Hall. Scott was the former CEO and founder. Sun Microsystems, a company that's long gone. But, you know, he was giving a speech talking. It was around the, this time of year because the Academy Awards were coming out. Yeah. And Scott was talking about, hey, isn't this a great industry, this uh, motion picture industry? They actually get all the people that make all their stuff and that are in all their stuff, and they give them awards on TV so you can celebrate with them. <laughs> I mean, what, what, a great, what a great deal that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of celebration going on. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, but I, I think people want to be a part of something that makes a difference. I mean, I, uh, one of the reasons on it, Sophion is, uh, is our customers. We've got amazing customers and we've got amazing people that service those customers, make a difference. And I think if you love new products, if you love innovation, if you love talking to businesses about their challenges of, Hey, how am I going to bring a, new product or a new category or something different in the space that right. I'm competing in, I get to play a role in helping that company. When I walk in the grocery store, and I can do that now, when I walk in the grocery store and I look in the aisles, I go, holy crap, those are companies and products that my company made a difference in building. I mean, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, I, I want to sort of use a time machine and uh, because I... I watched one of the uh, an episode of you. You came on a show called Crisis Management, I think, in uh, 2020, yeah. um, and you told a story. And there's a piece <laughs> of it missing. And now I have the opportunity to to kind of uh, ask you directly. So you're talking about the story in in 2008 when and when the um, okay. financial <laughs> crisis, and you're put you're you're raising money for this startup that services uh, law firms, I believe. Law firms. Right. That's right. I I can still, that scars over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then big curveball, someone walks into the office and goes like, guys, fucking, you know, wake up. Uh, there's a crisis out there. And, and like the guy that I'm seeing laughing there, do you laugh now because you remember how awful it was back then? Or were you laughing at that time? Or do you have like two personas of the guy in the boardroom that laughs a little bit less, but then you go back to employees and you get, guys, this is horrible. <laughs> like, how do you, there's a point at well, which, you know, it, being so yeah. upbeat, is there like a point at which it doesn't work anymore? There are, there are times where you have to be serious and you right. can't, you can't smile and laugh about things and people will, you know, some people actually are put off by it too, right? Particularly when it's a serious subject. Yeah. I have to tell you though, something funny at that meeting. <laughs> so this is, you know, during the financial crisis, the meltdown right. and uh, 
It was actually the guy who said that was a, a lawyer by the name of uh, uh, his last name is Lehman, as okay. in Lehman Brothers, who oh. was crashing that day. Oh, my so God. It was just he wasn't, you know, he's not related, but it was just one of those ironies of ironies. The guy that's telling us, hey, if you looked around, just our time to be raising money. You sure you want to do this? Is, by the way, my namesake company in New York City just going out of business. That may oh be an God. indicator. It may be tough to raise some money. It feels personal. It feels personal to that guy. No, I mean, look, um, you know, there are times for, for very serious negotiations. There are times to be deadly serious about things that are happening uh, that you've got to face in the company. Um, but um, there is always a positive underlying to any situation. There really is. You've got to find it. You've got to look for it. And the weight of the world, you can't hit always just walk around, oh, woe is me. The weight of the world is on me. And, uh, you know, this is wrong and that is wrong. You know, um, you can lament as much as you want. But, you know, during that meeting, I'm sure I walked out thinking, okay, this is serious. We need to raise this money. This is not a good place for us to be. But what came out of that was uh, uh, just a thought process of, hey, we've got a lot of customers that are loyal to us. What if we ask them? to help fund us by selling them three-year agreements, which were not as typical as they are today, but give mm -hmm. us three-year agreements at deeper discounts. We can collect the cash, they'll get a discounted service. And you know, and the better thing about it too, is money from your customer wasn't dilutive. There was no equity exchange hands. There was no, you weren't inviting somebody else onto your board or another person on your cap table or whatever. It was nice and it worked out because customers were looking for discounts due to the same reason, right. the economic crisis, yeah. right? Yeah. So they were looking to, and they were looking to lock in vendors. So, you know, and, and quite honestly, if it hadn't happened, if we hadn't been held up that sheet of paper and looked at, oh my goodness, we would have never gone down that path. So something really bad, something that damaged a lot of companies in that time frame, and quite frankly, hurt our efforts. We had spent, you know, six, nine months thinking how we're gonna raise money. We just flipped and changed and we said okay plan b let's go worked and, out great and and how does the plan form in in your mind for stuff like that is it like a shower moment or is it like a, a big <laughs> board meeting like how how do you how do you get to that oh my god we're gonna do this instead i think that's one of the great things i think about how entrepreneurs think today and yeah. people like steve blank who have popularized it or eric Rees and others you can read about it but there's certainly lots of other people is this idea, and by the way, and I think it's a riff on uh, Ernest Hemingway, who, who's my most favorite quote. It, my second most favorite quote is, the first draft of anything is shit. And so <laughs> you, you've, got, <laughs> you've got to, do, you say to yourself, okay, how do I problem solve this? And, yeah. you know, you've got to get that group of people around you, people you trust, people you want to bounce things off of, trust your experience, your, your energy, ask questions, be curious, right? Yeah. That's how you get, and then start forming some ideas and then test them out. Test them out as cheaply and as quickly as possible and listen carefully for the feedback. So don't get wedded to the ideas like, oh, I have a big brain, this is my idea, I'm so smart. Who cares, right? It, 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 who cares if you're right? It only, it only matters if it works. Yeah. So somebody else's idea and you thought it was bad and it works, who cares, really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's just make it happen. And, uh, and I think that's where you, that's that kind of attitude that you know, people call pivoting and iteration and all these lovely words that we have today. But I think that's at the core of it is try something, go out, Think of it, try something, steal somebody. I mean, 
look at great artists. What do they do? Great artists steal, right? So steal from somebody else's idea. I mean, you know, you don't want to do something illegal or immoral, but there's a lot of there's. Let's say Greg of- told me to do it. No, no, Greg, <laughs> call him. Greg told me to steal that. <laughs> but I mean, I, if you listen to the, like the history of music, the greatest musicians, or they, they do a guitar riff, and what do they say? I uh, I heard so and so play that off a record from 1952, and I, I thought it was great, so I just lifted it. Okay. <laughs> I think you just put your finger on on the uh, on on the delicate balance that I was kind of looking for because I think that there's something dangerous about bomb, boundless optimism which is you don't listen to feedback. Cuz like no 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 it's going to work. No 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 it's going to work and that that could be dangerous. Like if you take it too far but you're kind of you're kind of applying your optimism as saying uh it's not a desperate situation. We're going to find something else. Here's an idea. It's probably shit but it's going to get the conversation going and then we're going to get somewhere, but staying convinced that you're going to figure it out just sort of keeps you in the game versus taking you out, but you're not going to get to a point where you ego is taken over and you're like, for sure, this is the new idea. And I'm, and I'm, this is how it's going to work. Eric, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I'm inspired every day by people not in my industry who do almost exactly how you summarized our conversation so far, which is uh, like, for instance, you'll listen to the music of a great musician like Bob Dylan. What's great is about Dylan is he's released like all kinds of crap, right? All kinds of versions of songs. And there's only the one version that was recorded on the actual album. And then even after that, when you go to a Dylan concert, uh, he doesn't even play it the way it was recorded. He plays it yet another way. He's always experimenting. He's always changing it up. He's always trying to find like, what's that next thing, that next groove or that next sound that I can play with this exact same material in a different way. To me, that's really inspiring. And, And it's the way you ought to look at your business. Yeah. Greg, I'll, I need to let you in on something. Um, part of why I'm doing this is completely self-serving. This is like free <laughs> counseling for me. <laughs> and therefore, is it working? Is it working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're I, I'm I'm getting I'm getting somewhere. I think because we're undergoing a pivot in our strategy right now in in this company. I have about seventy employees, and. Um, I'm hesitating to explain it because I can't explain it very well because I still don't know all of the details, but I think I'm going to rip a whole page or like 15 pages from the Greg book and just say, look, I don't have all the details yet, but this is what my conviction is. And this is, these are the three reasons why I'm super excited about this direction. And, and some of it, we don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to figure that out because we, we're smart and we're energetic and, and we're convinced that we're doing the right thing. And focusing on, on my excitement about this direction when I communicate, as opposed to trying to answer all questions, it's probably a lot more efficient and probably a lot more exciting. And, and one of my favorite quotes was, in the end, all people are going to remember is how you made them feel. And yeah. so that's probably it. Like you probably, because I do a, a monthly town hall and at the town hall, I'm sure that if I had explained it exactly, not that many people could repeat it back, but they're probably going to remember feeling excited and, and hopeful and curious about, you know, where we're taking things. So I think that that's a very interesting uh, free advice that you just gave me. Uh, Eric, there's another piece about that. Uh, nobody has all the answers and you're, you're setting the direction and vision and they shouldn't expect you to have all the answers because it's good for them. 
They want to be a part of it. They yeah. want to be a part. And they, they want to say, oh, Erickson, we're going to you know, take that hill. We're going to cross this country. We're going to win this market, whatever. And he laid out these things and signs and we're going to get there. Part of what he's expecting from me as his team member is I got to help figure that out. Yeah. Because he didn't have all this. So I'm going to and I'm going to help him. I'm going to make some mistakes. None of them, you know, fatal, but I'm going to make some mistakes and we're going to learn from that. And we're all going to get together and figure this out together. And that's how we're going to get there. But we're going to stay in motion together. And we know wh where the North Star is. Yeah. We're, we know where we're heading to. We all believe in that. Yeah. This is a share. This is the part that's the shared belief. And then the, the sort of key results that we're trying to generate are going to come from you. I'm interested in OKRs these days. I'm sort of playing around with the with the concept, not something that I've impl implemented really well. But I like the concept that you just described where you're like, hey, this is the intention. These are the, the pillars and the objectives. And then I want you to tell me what are the key results that you're going to go after. And so that way, it's sort of a bi-directional thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm going to take five coffees before and then I'm going to laugh at myself in the mirror and get a little bit of that sort of Greg energy going. And then I'm going to, I'm going to hit the microphone big time. All right, Greg. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I, I, I agree with you. I appreciate it very much, Eric. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I told you already, this was going to be a short show. We're trying to do this sort of 20, 25 minutes episode. So yeah. I think this is it for now. I think anyone listening, um, to this will take away that uh, the sort of positive energy that you're projecting to it comes with a lot of optimism, a lot of uh, charisma, a lot of I want, you know, I want to associate myself with this person that sees the world, uh, not through rose glasses, but through a positive lens of we could do it sort of attitude and nothing is no challenge is going to kill us. We're going to, you know, they're all opportunities. And so I feel I don't remember feeling this boosted after a conversation in a long time. So, I, you know, uh, at the very least, you, you should be uh, you should be motivation coach. <laughs> OK, Eric, I'll, I'll do that. That's my next gig, man. I'm gonna there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, thank you so much for being here. OK. Hey, thank you, Eric. I appreciate you having me here. It was great to talk to you. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Skunk Works. We'll see you again next time, and be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.